is Lauren Lose. I'm a therapist and spiritual director, and I live and work in Portland, Oregon. I guess it's important for me to say at the outset that a lot of the learning that led me to this place came from the natural world, specifically through horses, who exquisitely demonstrate for humans how to fully live in a body. Lots of people refer to psychotherapy as talk therapy. But I have found that when it comes to being human and dealing with human emotions, talking is only part of the equation. It is Advent. It is the season of great stories, myths, and traditions. And if your mind is anything like mine, pondering the veracity of our Advent scriptures, virgin birth, following stars, wise men, etc., may give you pause. Some of it makes no sense in our heads, in our reasoning minds, in our reductionistic, scientific, materialistic sensibilities. But when on this day in Advent, I read the first chapter of John's Gospel in its entirety and hear that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and I resist analysis and allow it to sink into my being, to feel it deeply in my body, it comes alive and it moves me to tears. Over the years, I've become convinced of the power in the somatic aspect of psychotherapy, that is, therapy that considers not only the mind, but what emotional content is stored and activated in the body. I've come to realize that the things that carry meaning, experiences that enliven me, don't just go through my head. If I truly pay attention, I notice these experiences not only as my thoughts, but also as sensations, as body states. When something moves me, such as the passage in John, it may not make much sense from an intellectual perspective, but I sense and I trust its importance for me when I feel the tears well up, when I feel goosebumps rise, when my chest and my heart centers open with receptivity. Even if I can't articulate why I'm moved, my body's response cues me to sit with it just a little longer to further ponder its meaning for me in that moment. And by this same method, I also know what does not resonate truth or what might feel like threat through the way my body responds. The scriptures that have been used to injure our LGBTQ plus friends or those employed to subjugate women, passages taken out of cultural and historical context to bludgeon and oppress in the name of Jesus, those always conjure tightness, tightness in my neck, jaw, and chest sometimes a blockage in my throat, and sometimes I wring my hands and I might feel a physical inclination to get up and walk or pace or stomp. Those sensations and action urges give me information as well, information about what I might need to learn or to process. As I read John for the second time, I'm again moved to tears when the word becomes flesh and dwells among us. It was only after my study of somatic psychotherapy that I noticed how often God reveals themselves in things we can sense and feel. Jesus ate with people, and he experienced deep emotion. He lived in a human body with all the human sensations. He felt something as subtle as the touching of his clothing by a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages. Immediately aware that power had gone forth from him, Jesus turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? There are countless incidences where we can relate to the body and sensation in scriptures. 
We can feel the experiences of 2,000 years ago in our own arms and legs, our chests, and our guts. And isn't it interesting that with all those scriptural references to the body, we continue to mostly ignore it? When we have a problem to solve, we consult that very small left corner of our frontal cortex. When I ask my clients a typical therapist question, like, how do you feel about that? They frequently answer something along the lines of, I feel like it's a big problem. Or I feel like I don't understand. Or I feel like you don't understand. Or I feel like I need to get a different job. You get my drift? None of those are feelings. Feelings are things like, I feel sad or I feel angry, but it goes even deeper than that. What do you feel when you feel sadness or anger or joy? When I ask those questions, I often get a reaction of dumbfounded indignation. Here's the point I'm trying to make. When I ask, how do you feel when you feel sadness? Or what do you experience as you read the Gospel of John? I mean, what do you notice throughout your being, your skin, just beneath your skin, your muscles and tendons, your bones, your organs, that feeling behind your eyes, the fullness or hollowness of your stomach and chest, the beating of your heart, the air in your lungs, the experience of your back against the chair. I believe there's been a subtle and at times not so subtle prohibition of connecting with the stuff of our bodies in our faith tradition and really extending throughout our American culture. And I think that prohibition, that discouragement, that redirection to the left frontal cortex as a superior guiding light has resulted in a great deception that has robbed us of deeper relationship with self, with the world around us, with true wisdom, and with God. Believe it or not, your body is a great truth teller, while your mind, although great in its own right, weaves tales that aren't always accurate or helpful. Our minds have an immense need for control and to craft stories and narratives to fit our beliefs or worldview, sometimes to console us and sometimes to justify us. The body has no such agenda. It speaks truth even if inconvenient or dangerous. When we include the body in our discernment, our search for truth and wisdom, and allow it to dance with the contents of our mind, whether in psychotherapy, spiritual direction, reading the scriptures, or just living our lives, we are uniquely able to move forward in our quest for healing, wholeness, and feeling fully alive. Advent for Every Body is a production of Trinity Episcopal Cathedral in Portland, Oregon. To learn more, go to www.trinity-episcopal.org.